Chapter Twenty Five of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annalisa Bodker. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Chapter Twenty Five there comes a time in every rightly constructed boy's life when he has a raging desire to go somewhere and dig for hidden treasure this desire suddenly came upon tom one day he sallied out to find joe harper but failed of success next he sought ben rogers he had gone fishing presently he stumbled upon huck finn the red-handed huck would answer tom took him to a private place and opened the matter to him confidentially huck was willing huck was always willing to take a hand in any enterprise that offered entertainment and required no capital for he had a troublesome superabundance of that sort of time which is not money where will we dig said huck almost oh, anywhere why is it hid all around no indeed it ain't it's hidden mighty particular places huck sometimes on islands sometimes in rotten chests under the end of a limb of an old dead tree just where the shadow falls at midnight but mostly under the floor in hainted houses who hides it why robbers of course who'd you reckon sunday school superintendents i don't know if it was mine i wouldn't hide it i'd spend it and have a good time so would i but robbers don't do that way they always hide it and leave it there don't they come after it any more no they think they will but they generally forget the marks or else they die anyway it lays there a long time and gets rusty and by and by somebody finds an old yellow paper that tells how to find the marks a paper that's got to be ciphered over about a week cause it's mostly signs and hieroglyphics 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 pictures and things you know that don't seem to mean anything have you got one of them papers tom no well then how are you going to find the marks i don't want any marks they always bury it under a hanted house or on an island or under a dead tree that's got one limb sticking out well we've tried jackson's island a little and we can try it again sometime and there's the old hanted house up the still house branch and there's lots of dead limb trees dead loads of em is it under all of them how you talk no then how you gonna know which one to go for go for all of em why tom it'll take all summer well what of that suppose you find a brass pot with a hundred dollars in it all rusty and gray or a rotten chest full of diamonds how's that huck's eyes glowed that's bully plenty bully enough for me just you give me the hundred dollars and i don't want no diamonds all right but i bet you i ain't gonna throw off on diamonds some of them's worth twenty dollars apiece 
there ain't any hardly but's worth six bucks or a dollar no is that so certainly anybody'll tell you so ain't you ever seen one huck not as i remember oh kings have slathers of them well i don't know no kings tom i reckon you don't but if you was to go to europe you'd see a raft of em hoppin around do they hop hop your granny no well what did you say they did for shucks i only meant you'd see em not hoppin of course what do they want to hop for but i mean you'd just see em scattered around you know in a kind of general way like that old humpback richard richard what's his other name he didn't have any other name kings don't have any but a given name no but they don't well if they like it tom all right but i don't want to be a king and only have just a given name like a nigger but say where are you going to dig first well i don't know suppose we tackle that old dead limb tree on the hill t'other side of stillhouse branch i'm agreed so they got a crippled pick and shovel and set out on their three-mile tramp they arrived hot and panting and threw themselves down in the shade of a neighboring elm to rest and have a smoke i like this said tom so do i say huck if we find a treasure here what are you going to do with your share well i'll have pie and a glass of soda every day and i'll go to every circus that comes along i bet i'll have a gay time well ain't you going to save any of it save it what for why so as to have something to live on by and by oh that ain't any use pap would come back to this here town some day and get his claws on it if i didn't hurry up and i tell you he'd clean it out pretty quick what are you gonna do with yourn tom i'm gonna buy a new drum and a sure enough sword and a red necktie and a bull pup and get married married tom you why you ain't in your right mind wait you'll see well that's the foolishest thing you could do look at pap and my mother fight why they used to fight all the time i remember mighty well that ain't anything the girl i'm going to marry won't fight tom i reckon they're all alike they'll all comb a body now you better think bout this a while i tell you you better what's the name of the gal it ain't a gal at all it's a girl it's all the same i reckon some says gal some says girl both's right like enough anyway what's her name tom i'll tell you sometime not now all right that'll do only if you get married i'll be more lonesomer than ever no you won't you'll come and live with me now stir out of this and we'll go to digging they worked and sweated for half an hour no result they toiled another half hour still no result 
Huck said. Do they always bury it as deep as this? Sometimes, not always, not generally. I reckon we haven't got the right place. So they chose a new spot and began again. The labor dragged a little, but still they made progress. They pegged away in silence for some time. Finally, Huck leaned on his shovel, swabbed the beaded drops from his brow with his sleeve, and said, Where are you going to dig next, after we get this one? I reckon we'll tackle the old tree that's over yonder on Cardiff Hill, back of the widow's. I reckon that'd be a good one. But won't the widow take it away from us, Tom? It's on her land. She'd take it away. Maybe she'd like to try it once. Whoever finds one of these hid treasures, it belongs to him. It don't make any difference whose land it's on. That was satisfactory. The work went on. By and by, Huck said, Blame it! We must be in the wrong place again. What do you think? It is mighty curious, Huck. I don't understand it. Sometimes witches interfere. I reckon maybe that's what's the trouble now. Shucks! Witches ain't got no power in the daytime. Well, that's so. I didn't think of that. Oh, I know what the matter is. What a blamed lot of fools we are. You gotta find out where the shadow of the limb falls at midnight, and that's where you dig. Then consounded, we've fooled away all this work for nothing. Now hang it all, we got to come back in the night? It's an awful long way. Can you get out? I bet I will. We've got to do it tonight, too, because if somebody sees these holes, they'll know in a minute what's here and they'll go for it. Well, I'll come around to meow tonight. All right, let's hide the tools in the bushes. The boys were there that night, about the appointed time. They sat in the shadow waiting. It was a lonely place, and an hour made solemn by old traditions. Spirits whispered in the rustling leaves. Ghosts lurked in the murky nooks. The deep baying of a hound floated up out of the distance. An owl answered with his sepulchre note. The boys were subdued by these solemnities and talked little. By and by they judged that twelve had come. They marked where the shadow fell and began to dig. Their hopes commenced to rise, their interest grew stronger, and their industry kept pace with it. The hole deepened, and still deepened, but every time their hearts jumped to hear the pick strike upon something, they only suffered a new disappointment. It was only a stone or a chunk. At last Tom said, "'It ain't any use, Huck. We're wrong again.' Well, but we can't be wrong. We spotted the shatter to a dot. I know it, but there's another thing. What's that? Why, we only guessed at the time. Like enough it was too late or too early. Huck dropped his shovel. That's it, said he. That's the very trouble. We got to give this one up. We can't ever tell the right time. And besides, this kind of thing's too awful. 
here, this time of night, with witches and ghosts a fluttering around so, I feel as if something's behind me all the time, and I'm afeard to turn around, because maybe there's others in front awaiting for a chance. I've been creeping all over ever since I got here. Well, I've been pretty much so too, Huck. They most always put in a dead man when they bury a treasure under a tree to look out for it. Lordy! Yes, they do. I've always heard that. Tom, I don't like to fool around much where there's dead people. A body's bound to get into trouble with them, sure. I don't like to stir em up either. Suppose this one here was to stick his skull out and say something. Don't, Tom. It's awful. Well, it just is, Huck. I don't feel comfortable a bit. Say, Tom, let's give this place up and try somewheres else. All right, I reckon we better. What'll it be? Tom considered a while and then said, The haunted house. That's it. Blame it? I don't like haunted houses, Tom. Why, they're a darn sight worse than dead people. Dead people might talk, maybe, but they don't come sliding around in a shroud when you ain't noticing and peep over your shoulder all of a sudden and grit their teeth the way a ghost does. I couldn't stand such a thing as that, Tom. Nobody could. Yes, but, Huck, ghosts don't travel around only at night. They won't hinder us from digging there in the daytime. Well, that's so. But you know mighty well, people don't go about that hainted house in the day nor the night. Well, that's mostly because they don't like to go where a man's been murdered anyway. But nothing's ever been seen around the house except in the night. Just some blue lights slipping by the windows. No regular ghosts. Well, where you see one of them blue lights flickering around, Tom, you can bet there's a ghost mighty close behind it. It stands to raisin, because you know that they don't anybody but ghosts use em. Yes, that's so, but anyway, they don't come around in the daytime, so what's the use of our being afeard? Well, all right, we'll tackle the hainted house if you say so, but I reckon it's taking chances. They started down the hill by this time. There, in the middle of the moonlit valley below them, stood the hainted house, utterly isolated, its fences gone long ago, rank weeds smothering the very doorsteps, the chimney crumbled to ruin, the window sashes vacant, a corner of the roof caved in. The boys gazed a while, half expecting to see a blue light flit past a window, then talking in a low tone as befitted the time and the circumstances. They struck far off to the right to give the haunted house a wide berth and took their way homeward through the woods that adorned the rearward side of Cardiff Hill. End of chapter 25 Recording by Annalisa Bodker